When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN. Your home for K-State Athletics. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. Throughout the course of a certain saga that we've all had our eyeballs on, say, well, a little longer than the last 21 days, but it feels like 21 days. If you want to talk about the British royal family, just say you do. <laughs> Don't don't beat around the bush, pal. Where the hell did that come from? (laughs) No, I think I know what you're talking about. Does it have? Does it? Does it rhyme with Franz Franz reaffinement? Yeah, that's uh, something along those lines. Yes. Yeah. Hi, folks. Good afternoon. Mitch is out today. It's Covert Hill and Dave G with you. Coming up next hour, we continue our Big 12 previews. Robert Allen from Pokes Report will join us at 510 this afternoon. We've also got comments from earlier this week from wide receivers coach Matthew Middleton and running backs coach Brian Anderson. As we head into the weekend, the offensive coordinator to meet with the media on Monday. Very nice. So we'll touch some on a topic that we addressed on Wednesday. Mitch and I talked a little about it again yesterday in terms of wide receivers. We'll let Matthew Middleton address some of that himself coming up in segment number two. But everything comes back to the same, 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 same. So here we are, the third consecutive Friday, where it's at the heart of the conversation. And the Pac-12 aftermath is turning into a soap opera oh no and it's turning into a soap opera with the media members who are at the center of spreading a lot of bad information oh boy john canzano this afternoon that guy sent out a tweet and i'm going to get this called up here because i mocked it on twitter or the artistly formerly known as (laughs) uh Because what he states is in complete contradiction to what has been talked about in his own articles for months. He addresses the fact that 
per his sources, the Pac-12 had an offer from ESPN of $30 million per school in the fall of last year. The network wanted it all, but the presidents and chancellors wanted more. We said we want $50 million per school. Wow. ESPN's response, goodbye. Take a hike. And then he links to his Substack, where he gets into a whole spiel on the story that we didn't know. Uh, Dave, I think we kind of knew that. <laughs> Did, didn't those of us in Big 12 country kind of say, uh, you do know that you're being lied to by your sources? I mean, it's or some, that your sources suck. Right. Or at some point, you have to literally ask yourself, literally, ask, you have to ask yourself, is this person making things up? Are they are they just making things up at this point because they don't have sources? Or like you said, their sources have been so poor that they're just going to make things up. This guy's been so wrong. It's amazing. It is amazing. John Wilner today does the same treatment in the Mercury News. I just saw the link for that as well. And those of us that have been following this closely are having a heyday, of course, on social media. Because Canzano and Wilner, right down to their podcast, the two of them combined, not once do they say, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Not once do they admit that they got their butts handed to them on a platter. Not once do they just out and out say, my sources were bad. The whole time. And at no point do they express any shame for allowing themselves to be led down this path where they were condescending, arrogant, they know better than everybody else. You know who really had a good handle on this? Dennis Dodd. Yeah. CBS Sports. Absolutely. Dennis has been in the big eight marketplace since I was in school. Forever. A Mizzou guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay? You know, Kansas City star guy. Yeah. He knows the marketplace. His sources throughout were giving him details that Canzano, Wilner, and others couldn't match. So now you've got those sources that Canzano and others were leaning on, including a former president of this university. (laughs) Hi, Kirk Schultz. How you doing today? Oh, boy. He and his uh, president are, are laying down some... Heat now, way too late. Yeah. Pat Chun telling me, or his uh, AD, Pat Chun saying on Wednesday to Kenzano, the Pac-12 failed because of failed leadership. College football is fracturing right before our eyes because there's no leadership. When there's a void of leadership, these are the outcomes you have to deal with. Yes. You're correct. Yeah. What took you three years? (laughs) Hi. Welcome to our world. Mm -hmm. This is reality. Could this be also like, can't you say that 
I mean, for what it's worth, wouldn't Kurt Scholes be kind of part of leadership? <laughs> and that and that is at the the center of it, right? All of the conference presidents there are at the center of this. Mm-hmm. They really are. Mm-hmm. There is no doubt about it. And we'll touch on that a little more here in a moment. But this was the line that set me off from Canzano. Several Pac-12 presidents and athletic directors spoke publicly this week, and a handful of conference insiders shared new details with me from behind the scenes. Dude, these things have been known for months. (laughs) These aren't new details. These are the things that people like Jason Shear at Arizona have been talking about for months. He's been tweeting about it forever, man. This is unbelievable. And it's guys... It's guys like Kanzano who were trashing Jason Sheer and other yes. people, like really yes. going after him. Yeah. Yes. Crazy. <laughs> the the ultimate is the arrogance that the Pac-12 commissioners, or sorry, uh, presidents and chancellors had last year at this time. Yeah. And remember, there was talk at the time. Someone let it float that the Pac-12's ask had been exactly what's now being reported by the Pac-12 folks, the Pac-12 press, who were saying, no, that never was our ask. $50 million. They wanted $50 million annually. That's how they viewed their conference. And that was with L.A. leaving. Oh, wow. They still viewed their conference as being worth $50 million per. Mm-mm. Nope. Not even close. It, all it took were some a series of conversations behind closed doors, and your, your conference isn't even a thing. It's gone. They got jacked by Fox. I mean, some some really telling comments. I'm going to give John credit here on that there are some telling comments here as well. Fox didn't ever appear enthusiastic about making a serious bid. It drifted in and out of the negotiations. At the table one minute, gone the next. (sighs) Too bad they couldn't have caught him at the table. (laughs) God. But this is where, again, we knew this. Mm-hmm. Again, a line here that gives away what we all knew, but we were being told by people out west, no, this isn't happening. Fox stood to benefit if the Pac-12 destabilized and lost additional schools or better yet, completely imploded. Yeah. You know why? Because they've got their hand in the Big Ten. Right. Oh, man. And, oh, by the way, once the L.A. schools went to the Big Ten, that's what Fox wanted the most. Right. And they didn't – that was the – I I mean, I know that a lot of people are saying that it's the Colorado move that was the final – but let's be honest. It was UCLA and USC leaving. That's what – it kicked this all into gear. Mm -hmm. I mean, come on. It was over. And anybody who didn't recognize it – was completely fooling themselves. Yeah, it was. 
I, I, I'm still floored by, and it, and it, and it, at the time, just amazed me that they had the onions to go in and ask for fifty million at a time that ESPN just bought everything mm-hmm. for the SEC. Mm. You have no space. No. And that's what, you know, looking back, because, you know, our conversation with our the Utah play-by-play guy was really interesting. Bill Riley. Bill Riley said um, there was still so much trust from the 80s and, uh, and presidents and chancellors with our guy. And I think it's because GK went in and told them, we're worth 50 mil a school, easy. And I think that they they, they felt like he was on their side. You know, except that he didn't tell them; they told him, him. we're worth fifty mil. And then he's like, "Okay, <laughs> exactly, exactly." I'll go and I'll go and float that number and come back with the uh, results. And yikes! Talk about pricing yourself out, man. Kenzano had my respect in the last decade. Mm-hmm. Because he was one of the people who was on top of the Larry Scott issue. He was one of the people who exposed how corrupted Larry Scott was in terms of how he ran that conference and how it essentially was his personal piggy bank. Hmm. Something that Kenzano noted in this Substack article today that is dead on with his reporting from back then, Scott didn't like Pullman. He'd leave games at Washington State if he had to be there for anything. He'd leave them by halftime. Flying back to San Francisco, he'd be on the ground in San Francisco before the game was over. Wow. Get me out of here. What did Larry Scott love? L.A. That's it. And yeah, basically because there's no Vegas. So you, I mean, besides, don't they do stuff in Vegas? They do stuff in Vegas. Right. But it's LA. It's LA. He loved LA. Because again, he could play the power game and it was his personal piggy bank the entire time. And LA, he was an LA guy at the grand scheme of it. His son went to USC. Sure. The point being with that, though, would he have been a better person to have in place than Kliakov when all of this went down with the Big Ten snagging the L.A. market? That would be that is going to be the great unanswered question with the death of the Mm Pac-12. But again, it just comes down to the stupidity of. Comments like, again, it, it just, it, it floored me that how do you not recognize what we recognized for months? For months. It, it is, it is, it's odd because every single person that we've talked to from the schools that are coming over, doesn't it kind of feel like that? Like we were kind of all... Like they feel like they were lied to. Right. But it's like at some point 
you do have to like listen to other people at some point and say, "Hey, man, I saw this coming." But it's almost as if no, n- nobody did, and that's what's weird. Um, the whole thing, the whole situation with now the ACC talking to Stanford and Cal or not talking to Stanford and Cal or wanting to add them and not wanting to add them. Um, I feel, you know, and I know that nobody was, nobody was crying for K-State and no one was crying for the the remnants of the Big 12 Mm -hmm. when, when uh, Oklahoma and Texas left, but it still does, it's sad to me. I mean, it's still, those schools have some history, you know, they have some great history and it's going to get just washed away. It's, it's kind of sad, kind of. But for all of the discussion, the mockery, mm. the arrogance, the when people were right, yeah, were right. At some point, doesn't that not raise red flags for you as a reporter? It has to. I know that you're being lied to by the higher ups, and you know. There's got to be nothing better than being a reporter and having a higher up be that guy, your source. You want to believe him all the time, but at some point you have to say, I'm getting fed a line here. And a handful of conference insiders shared new details with me from behind the scenes. Where were those conference insiders speaking with you previously, John? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or were they the ones telling you crap like, we didn't ask for $50 Yeah. Bad sources. Kevin Bacon in Animal House. <laughs> All is well. All is well. And then gets trampled. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Appropriately enough, by the way, where was that movie filmed? Oh, my God. Yeah. Eugene Oregon. Eugene, Oregon. Oh, yeah. It, it had to be said. We turn our attention to... Well, a Power 5 program. When we continue, we get to talk K-State wide receivers in a moment, and we hear from wideouts coach Matthew Middleton as the game continues. By the way, Trey, doctors say everything is okay? Yeah, everything's all good. Good. Just making sure. Because it was this date nine years ago that everything was not okay for me. Ah. Nine years ago. Man. Um, Yes, Monica, if you're listening, I didn't forget. (laughs) And I know you didn't forget this uh, anniversary date. (laughs) Nine years ago, what was a visit to the urgent care turned into a visit to... The hospital. The the real deal hospital. Turned into a colon or a uh, oscopy the next morning just to try to determine. Deter- which turned into, yeah, we're putting you on the ambulance for UC Med. Oh, my God. UC Health. Which turned into three weeks in the cardiac ICU. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. 
For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Man. You know how I get to remember that anniversary every time? Little League World Series games. <laughs> because it was about the only saving grace I had on television while I'm cooped up in the hospital. Oh, my God. I didn't even think about that. If it's a couple weeks later, you're like, oh, God. <laughs> irritated me, though. You Go ahead, Trey. You wanted to say something. I was just going to say, when I was in the hospital, it was nothing but Roseanne reruns for me. Oh, so. no. <laughs> Great show, though. Really. Roseanne is hilarious. Um, <laughs> the problem is, is you guys know my watching habits. Okay, CNN got tedious at a point because it was all Michael Brown and uh-huh. that situation having broken as well. Uh-huh. And the stupid UC Health TV system, even though they're a huge sponsor of the Rockies, they didn't get the Rockies broadcasts. Oh, no. They didn't get Fox Sports 1 even, so I couldn't even watch when it happened. The CU Colorado State game that year on a Friday night, couldn't watch it. Oh. You're like, hey. I was jonesing, man. I was jonesing <laughs> for sports this, games. Should we get the CU, uh, CSU game? Like, we're afraid to tell you this, but we're going to tell you, hey, we don't have it. <laughs> don't get worked up. Don't get worked up. The, the <laughs> time I went to do a sleep study afterwards at the hospital in Greeley, and they didn't have ESPN. Oh I couldn't God. watch Monday Night Football. Who doesn't have ESPN? So... You know, I never was a fan of hospitals to begin with. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely not now. Whatever hospital in Greeley, get it together. Oh, my goodness. It's called the basic package. Right? (laughs) Right? Oh. Uh. But but sure, we'll uh, subject you to home. Oh, never mind. I'm, I'm really going to get in trouble for saying that one. Oh, boy. All right. Uh, we continue on the game. Troy and Dave G with you this afternoon. Coming up in the next hour, we continue our uh, Big 12 previews, talking with Robert Allen from Pokes Report. The side story that broke yesterday, of course, is that one of their transfers in is among the former Iowa players who's gotten dinged in the gambling probe. Mm-hmm, that would be Arlen Bruce. So we will touch on that, among other things, coming up in that discussion. It's interesting that we find ourselves now for three straight days discussing K-State wide receivers. <laughs> because as the conversation went on Wednesday, we were you know trying to get a feel for and and Mitch is very upfront. He knows that guys need to step up. Who's it going to be? He wants to see guys step up. And that's a concern going into this one, into this season, because we don't know what's really there. Yep. Again, my flaw with that is we don't get to watch practice, so we don't get to tell. <laughs> right, right. I mean, we we have to rely on what those on hand say. So let's hear it. Wide receivers coach, Matthew Middleton has stepped forward and and taken control of an opportunity for him. I think everybody has. I mean, and I think he has taken advantage of each opportunity that he's been given um, and is working hard every single day of when he does have an opportunity. So he has taken strides from when I was with him in the spring, throughout the summer and summer conditioning. I think he's put in the work and 
trusted in himself and has more confidence, and it's showing up as he is competing at a high level throughout camp. Absolutely. What does Phil Brooks need to do to take his game to the next level? He just needs to continue being green. You know what I mean? Green and growing. That growth mindset, uh, seeing things from a different um, lens. You know, if he's wherever he is playing on the field, seeing his triangle and then playing fast, understanding what the coverages are getting, giving him, and then being as, as athletic as he is. What's impressed the most about Keegan Johnson so far? Um, Keegan's a hard worker. It's important to him. Uh, he's very coachable. He he accepts the challenges. Um, he's just very intrinsically motivated, and he comes out here every single day and gives his all, just like the rest of the room. But, you know, for him, from what he's come from to this point right now, I mean, every single day he has given us consistent effort and attitude every day. Yesterday, he had some nice things to say about RJ. I'm just curious how you've maybe seen RJ develop. Yeah, RJ, like when I say everybody in the room is extremely coachable, like it's important to him. He loves football. You know, we love guys that love He He loves football. Um, he embraces it. He asks really good questions. You know, he has a, a conceptual understanding of what we're doing. So that allows him to play faster. And if something doesn't make sense, RJ will speak up and talk about it and get the answer so that he can move forward and the whole room can move forward because he really doesn't just ask the questions for himself. He does it for the whole room to have knowledge, too. You start to really hone in and probably determine a depth chart of sorts? Um, I mean, I think we have some time for that still, honestly. Um, we want to see what everyone can do. Uh, we have a ton of bodies in that room, and so giving everyone opportunities uh, like putting guys in for maybe one play because they may be a role player or um, consecutive plays so we can see how they handle the fatigue and where their mental is at. So I think as you're in the middle of camp, I don't think you can really put a depth chart together because you're still working to develop young players and see what they have because you just get through install. Now that you're through install, now it can kind of settle in and they can understand conceptually what we're doing and then they're allowed to play faster. To have guys like Phil and like RJ in your your first year here that have been here a few years and that they can help you out almost. Yeah, the Phil, RJ, Ty Bowman, Seth Porter. Like I have some older guys that just are cultivators. You know, like they love the culture, they love leading, they love serving. So for me, that is awesome. It's phenomenal, and you know they work really hard every day. So I mean, what more can you ask for from those examples? That's the thing you've seen from RJ on the field so far. From RJ on the field, um, I think his change of direction has gotten like a lot better. Um, just as far as an understanding of he is shifty, he has really good hips, he's fluid. So I think he understands that he can win at the top of any route. Um, and he's also worked on uh, not going to the ground after catching the ball. He's able to, because of Coach True and his staff, uh, develop his lower body and some strength to stay up after catching it. Comments from Matthew Middleton, who again is in his first season, by the way, coaching the wideouts at K-State as he works with a unit that really is young in terms of game experience. When R.J. Garcia really is the only guy that you can name out of the pack from last year and has had his ups and downs, okay, I mean, Phillip Brooks is Phillip Brooks. Beyond that, Guys have to develop. Absolutely. This is where your depth has to develop. For all of the successes of this offense, you add consistent wide receiver play to it, 
and you start rotating guys, look out. I mean, it's going to take someone from that group, the, uh, you know, under uh, Philip Brooks. Someone's going to have to break out. Someone's going to have to break out. Whether it's like a huge breakout or just a mini kind of breakout, a medium breakout, like a Kate Warner kind of breakout. Something, someone has to step up. And and I hope that there's somebody out there hungry, you know, hungry enough to say, I'll do it. I'll, I'll, I'll put in the work that it takes to make that kind of leap. Um, it's nice to know that, you know, two, three seasons down the road, we'll be like, man, we've got a really stacked wide receiver room. We've got mm-hmm. a lot of veterans in there. But right now, like I said, you take a look at that depth chart and you go, oh, boy, it gets – he gets young quick. This is, again, part of where I refer to the silly season. Because we're at that point of the summer where we are itching. <laughs> Speaking of jonesing for, <laughs> for sports earlier, yeah, we are itching for anything that is K-State football. Yes. We are itching for the college game to kick off. August is interminable when it comes to, we're ready. We're ready. (laughs) Where's our football? Exactly. (laughs) Because you've been waiting for so long. Mm -hmm. And you have gone over all of the various permutations in your head for how long. It it gets tiring almost. It 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 really does. And without... And knowing that they're on the practice field, but we're not able to see any uh-huh. of it. Nothing. Of course, I say that being a guy who has watched way too many practices over the course of my years in this business and going, yeah, okay, what did I really learn today? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the uh, the warm-up situation, how they stretch. I found out how they do that. That looks great, I, I, I mean, it's almost the Allen Iverson approach. <laughs> we talking about practice. <laughs> practice. We, Not a game. Not a game. Right, exactly. <laughs> Not a game. Even watching practices, you start to, to you're still yeah. fighting that itch yeah. because you don't know how it's really going to shake out. Man, I tell you what, I know it's not I know it's not K State football, but um yesterday was uh Vikings Seahawks on TV and I devoured that like a steak. I was all <laughs> into it, you know. Oh my god. Good for you. I didn't stay up that late. Oh, I was like glued to the TV. Oh my god. Wow, Zach Car- Charbonnet, he looks great. I'm like I need to write this down somewhere. And I'm thinking by next week I'm going to be tired of preseason football, man. It's going to be over. So, Mitch will be out on Monday. You know why, don't you? No. Crew, Omaha, Sunday. No way. Of course. Wow. So he's taking Monday off. Uh-huh. I'm going to try to work up a surprise Uh-oh. for Monday, speaking of preseason camps. Yes. Because I've got a certain Dallas Cowboys connection. And see if we can get said connection. Who is ESPN famous? No. Oh, dude, that'd be awesome. And see if we can get some thoughts on Deuce Vaughn from someone who is watching those practices every day. Oh, my God, dude. That's on the wish list for Monday. Yes. Uh, also, hopefully, someone will 
uh, be along to help us out and make sure that we have the Colin Klein audio coming up <laughs> as he speaks on Monday as well. Uh, the rare availability that we'll get with him here before the season starts. Shout out to whoever's that got that situation for us. Uh, we need it. Well, it's it's asking the favor of a. Uh, can someone cover that one? Because Mitch is out, and I've got the bookends. Right. So I will. I'll be out there. I'll be getting the answers you need, guys. That's all I'm saying. Just I'm at, I've asked a favor of one of our in houses. Right on. And we'll see about. That that's the goal anyway. Wait, that, no, it wasn't Big Steve. Oh no, okay. no, no, uh-uh. uh-uh. no, because it's Steve. Steve's got his attention elsewhere, and it would be like, "Hey, Colin, who's your? What was your favorite uh, <laughs> Lincoln Park album? <laughs> Besides Hybrid Theory? Because I mean, come on, uh, no, we yeah, don't okay. want to know that, right. Steve. We love you to death. We Big love Steve. you, Big Steve. But you know. <laughs> We, we also know your limitation. Oh. Speaking of training camp, have you seen the fire that's been uh, going on at Commander's Camp? The Eric Bieniemy mess? I did hear about this. Very, very interesting. We'll dig into that. Yeah. Some comments from the Chiefs regarding the entirety of that mess. When we continue on the game. By the way, are you a fan of my selection for Song of the Day today? It's all right. Oh, good God. I, uh, I want to tell I'm you. I'm disappointed. I know. He's a, he's a 90s R&B. I shouldn't have even said anything. Now I kind of. I kind of. Let it go. Spoiled. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Just let it be. Just, you know, just let it yeah. be. We don't need to tip I'm any not, more I'm than say that. nothing. This song here. Love this jam. Oof. So, are we finding out more and more why Eric Bieniemy can't get a head coaching job in the NFL? <laughs> oh my God! Well, he has interviewed how many times? Twenty-five times or fifteen? I, I can't remember. What I want to say fifteen. Fifteen times. Here, here's the thing. So, if you if you haven't followed the story this week, players with the Washington Commanders went to Ron Rivera complaining about Eric Bieniemy's tone and tempo. Essentially, that he is way too intense. Mm-hmm. You brought up a very good point. Yeah. And that is that there may not be a buffer that has been in place with the Chiefs now with the Commanders. Yeah. There's, there's, Andy Reid was that buffer. He was a guy who he has stock and he has skin in the game on both sides. Eric Bieniemy is his guy. That's his number one. He has molded and and given all the things that he knows as far as, as, far as knowledge goes about how to call a football game and how to run a football team to this man. And he recognizes the talent that he has and he recognizes how important Eric Bieniemy is. And so he's able to have conversations with Eric Bieniemy. And allow him to be who he is and still send that message in the same way that he always does, but still can get across to him like, hey, you need to keep in mind this, 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 and this. At the same time, Andy Reid can turn around and talk to the players and say, hey, you know what it is. 
it's all good. It's just EB, don't worry about it. You're doing great, blah, blah, blah. And I think that that's worked in Kansas City, even though he has at times ruffled some feathers. He has made some people angry, and you can tell on that sideline. People come back to that sideline, and he gives them the business, and they bristle because they're grown men, you know. But now in Washington, it's like, <laughs> you know, he's a new kid in town. This is a very interesting quote from Patrick Mahomes in the uh, in the story here from the Associated Press, because I think it does capture the tone, and I can see where guys are concerned about this. Despite the number of guys that, by the way, stood up for the enemy this week, the comment from Mahomes, and boy, it, I'm, here's to it not blowing up in his face, EB is going to be harsh on you. <laughs> He'll go to war with you like any other guy on the team. You have to know that. You have to know that when he's talking to you on the football field, he's trying to get the best out of you. He's not trying to put you down. He's trying to push you to be even better than you think you can be. So I think that's something I think they'll understand when they go out there and start winning football games. It's the first sentence of that. EB is going to be harsh on you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that's a great example of what you're discussing in terms of there's the buffer. There's you. There always... There must be good cop, bad cop. There has to be. And I always think I always thought it worked best when it was an assistant was bad cop and the head coach is good cop because he gets to say, I can have a relationship with everybody in this situation and smooth things over. Um, what's going on in Washington is there's no history there between he and Ron Rivera. Right. And there's no history between he and any of those players. I don't think they brought any Chiefs no. player over. No. That says a lot, too. That is a big-time deal. Not one Chiefs guy. Uh, now, I don't know contract situations. Uh, forgive me that I don't know them right off the top of my head. But nobody followed him from Kansas City to Washington. Let's bear in mind we're talking about the commanders. <laughs> whose ownership has been in flux. Wonky, for sure. And so nobody necessarily wanted to play for a certain owner. That's true. How would you like to go from the Hunt family to Dan Snyder? You wouldn't. You Unless you were following somebody you trusted. And that person said, a good point. listen, I got you. I got your back. That's the buffer. Here's the owner. Here's you. I'm the buffer between there. But these guys, there's no situation. There's no built-in somebody has my back kind of thing. It's this guy yelling at a bunch of people that he just met. And, you know, we talk about it sometimes. There are coaches who uh, steal a phrase from another sport. There's some coaches that only have fastballs. That's all they throw. Fastball, high heat, up and in. And then there's some guys that got the whole, they got a five-pitch thing. Andy Reid's a guy that can bring high heat or he can throw you a changeup. He can do whatever. He can craft his response to things and craft his message to you individually. And I think Eric Bieniemy lacks that ability. Mm -hmm. And that's another reason why sometimes these jobs, people are like, we do need, we need a butt kicker in there. But I think he might be 
too much of a budget. <laughs> He's it, really. It's going to be really an interesting tough. dynamic. There is no doubt about that. This is. I cannot wait to watch this play out. Um, Commanders play tonight, by the way. They do. Riverboat Ron and Eric Bieniemy on the same sidelines. I do think, at the very least, it is going to be some really interesting TV. That is for sure. It will not be boring over there. Now, if they could just get somebody uh, uh, under center for the Washington Commanders, I think we'll be good. Um, especially if Eric Bieniemy can pick that guy. And say this is the kind of this is the style of person that I think can can take my coaching style and still play well, and can take my coaching style and be that coach on the field for me. Maybe that can become the hey guys, don't worry about how he he's saying it. Just remember what he's saying. Don't don't think about how he said it. That player could be that way. But right now, Eric Bieniemy's full of a room. Or he's got a room full of people he don't know. <laughs> that's bad. It's a bad spot to be in, especially when you've got someone who mirrors your approach much more than maybe your former boss did. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where Ron Rivera, Riverboat Ron, yes, but he's also an old school, hard nosed guy. He played for Ditka, you know? Right, I mean, exactly. And now he's the one who has to coddle. And you know that I'm sure. To begin with, he'll be okay with that. But we get deep into four, week four, week five, and he's going to be like, I'm tired of people's feelings here. Mm-hmm. And let's not forget, with a new ownership group, Ron Rivera is really staring at a unique, not a unique situation, but a situation for himself where we got to win. We gotta win right now, and we gotta do it in style because I gotta keep my job here, man. Eight, eight, and one with questionable play at quarterback a season ago, so it can be done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that was with exceptionally bad offensive play last season, right? And you know, you look at the East; you're probably not gonna beat the Eagles for the East crown, but the NFC. You look at that wild card situation and you go, if we play well, we can end up in the playoffs, man. We we can do this. We can backdoor these Eagles guys and get in there and make some noise if we get some steady play at quarterback. And, you know, we got to open up the offense and then they, they, <laughs> they hired this guy and he comes in and people are concerned about the way that he's talking. I think that's hilarious. One of the interesting side items to this comes from the fact that Bienemy had been a coach offensively at Colorado before he took the job with the Chiefs, was ousted as part of a coaching change. It didn't pan out at Colorado. The next cycle around, it came up where his name was being mentioned as a potential replacement as head coach. It got avoided to the questioning of a lot of people. Out there, mm-hmm. the enemy is still seen in some areas at Colorado as a hero. To others, not so much. There's a lot at play there from his off the field, also. Right. And it, it's an interesting dynamic because it has put him in a very bad spot mm-hmm. from where I see it. Everybody 
seems to want to give this guy an opportunity as a head coach in the media. Right. The behind the scenes folks pulling the strings don't seem to be all that high on the no, idea. They don't. They don't. They, and we'll see. We'll see what happens. They're not on NFL Net tonight either. Wow. Oh. They're saddling us with the Packers. Oh, what? Yeah, I know. And the stupidity of my Broncos playing at nine tonight. <laughs> it's Friday. I'm supposed to make that. <laughs> Coming up, Big 12 preview next hour. Robert Allen from Pokes Report joins us to talk Oklahoma State.